That's my dad. And that's my kid. We found out a long time ago the family dinner table is a perfect place for a great conversation. Grab a plate and pull up a seat. We keep the sweet tea cold around here. So make yourself comfortable and join us for a dinner table discussion. Hello there, and welcome back to the dinner table. I'm Bill the Dad. I might be Kaylee the Kid. I don't know. I do know that you are Kaylee the Kid, and a mite is a little bitty bug that grows on a chicken's butt. See, you learned something new today. I might. (laughs) I might not. (laughs) So, I was driving home from work. I had a little time to think. You know, my ride is about 40, 45 minutes, depending upon traffic. And I had the sunroof open while I was waiting at a red light. I kind of, you know, glanced up and and looked at the sky and noticed a few clouds. And the thought occurred to me, what is the difference between partly cloudy and mostly sunny? The amount of cloud coverage, I would think. But that doesn't make sense to me. I've heard both terms used by professional meteorologists. 45% or more of cloud coverage is partly cloudy. You got this information from where? (laughs) You pulled it out of your (laughs) hookahs? Yes, you did. 45% (laughs) or more of cloud coverage is partly cloudy. According to Kaylee. 44%. Or less of cloud coverage is mostly sunny. I disagree, ma'am. Because partly cloudy can mean one cloud or a lot of clouds, just not completely overcast. If you can still see some blue and still see some sun, it is still partly cloudy. It may be more so cloudy or less cloudy, but it's still partly cloudy. And if it's partly cloudy, It can still be mostly sunny. If there's one cloud, that's a part. But everything else is bright, clear, sunshiny. Why do we have two different terms to describe the same thing? You've heard it a million times. If a glass is half filled with water, is it half full? Is it half empty? It's the same, but it's how you view it. Of course, that's the argument for either being optimistic or pessimistic, whether you think it's half full, half empty, but it's the same thing in two different terms to describe it. Why does it have to be so many different phrases or terms for the exact same? Why are you looking at me that way? I'm I'm just letting you go. You've got something you're about to blast me with. I can see the twinkle in your eye. It's just a curiosity. I I don't understand. So maybe you can explain it to me. I can't. (laughs) Just like you can't tell me where the 45% rule came from. I can. The 45% rule came from me. And I think I'm pretty awesome. You are pretty awesome. But I would not say that you have the definitive scientific proof of that percentage to back up your claim. Squash goulash. I could have gone the rest of my day without a cloud coverage debate. You debate with your husband about lemonade. (laughs) Yes. Don't come at me about this thought that I had on the way home. Listen, you made a statement last week about goose. 
He did not have to die. Okay, hold on. You said that they could have gone the rest of that movie without Goose having to die. Correct. Which got me thinking. Oh, dear. What other books, movies, TV shows could they have skipped over something without it like affecting the end result? So like you said, Hmm. the whole movie would have still been good, but Goose didn't have to die. Right. It got me thinking. There was a book I read. It's by one of my favorite authors in the world, Mm -hmm. Grady Hendrix. If he hadn't have included one scene, he could have even included it, but not into the graphic detail that it went. Okay. He could have just skipped over it. He could have just like kind of bypassed it, just sprinkled it in. But instead, he chose to take a hard left and go into graphic detail about it. Mm. He could have skipped over that scene and the entire book would have been fantastic. But you lost me at that scene. Okay, not knowing the book, not knowing the topic, and not really wanting to. Yeah, no, you're good. (laughs) Would the book be as memorable if that chapter was not in it? Would you have finished the book and been as impacted by it as you are still now, obviously, because of that, I guess, shock factor? I think I would have been more impacted by it. But I'm less likely to recommend that book to other people now because of that one particular scene. I'll recommend you any of his other books any day of the week. Okay. In looking at his fan base, Mm -hmm. you either really love this one book and you don't really care for the rest, Mm -hmm. or you love his other books and you don't really care for this one that I don't particularly care for. To me, sometimes the most memorable part of something, a vacation, a book, a movie, a concert, is the thing that you didn't expect. An example, for many, many years, my dad worked at Six Flags. Mm -hmm. He was a lead mechanic there. And so during the summer, I lived there. It's the only place my friends wanted to go. They had concerts at Six Flags. One of the concerts, and this was probably around... 85, 86, somewhere in there, maybe 87, was Heart. And in Nancy Wilson, the group Heart. Okay. I wanted to go see that concert. So me and a couple of friends went. While we were waiting to get in through the the gates that were closed at the concert amphitheater area there they had, a thunderstorm blew up. We were standing there in the open down by the... Screen Machine, okay. which I don't know if you remember or not, there is a coaster pond. There's a pond underneath the Screen Machine. Mm -hmm. Lightning tends to strike tall metal objects and water. Mm -hmm. So here are both of these items very close to us, and we're huddled together as a large mass of people waiting to get in to the concert, being drenched and lightning flashing around. We just stood there. There was really no shelter nearby we could go to. It was a a lot of us, hundreds of us, maybe thousands. I don't know. Big crowd. The storm finally passes. Didn't last that long. They finally opened the gate, let us in. I'm down close to the front, maybe, I don't know, 100 feet from the front of the closest you could get. Mm -hmm. The concert started with their lead guitarist, It was a guy, not Anne or Nancy Wilson, 
comes running out on stage, shredding his guitar, just playing this wicked solo. And apparently they didn't get the stage completely dry. Oh, no. And he's in his leather pants and he's in his boots with raised heels. I don't know if they were in the style of cowboy boots. I just remember leather pants and boots. He's running out on stage, shredding the guitar, gets close to the front end of the stage, goes to put on the brakes, feet come out from under him, busts his butt and slides hydroplanes to the edge of the stage. (laughs) But he never missed a note in his guitar solo. I can't tell you what songs they played. I mean, I know their greatest hits, and I'm quite sure they played them all. But the only thing I remember is the thunderstorm that was not expected and the lead guitarist hydroplaning on his butt across the stage. So out of that whole concert, that whole event, the only thing that sticks out was the unexpected negative thing. So maybe with that particular book, If it didn't have that part that you consider to be negative, it would not be as memorable. It's just a possibility. Maybe. Sticking with the theme of concerts. Oh, okay. Okay. My favorite band of all time is Falling in Reverse. Not Red Jumpsuit Apparatus? No. Sorry, I must have been thinking of some other daughter. Yeah, that's the (laughs) other one. My favorite band of all time is Falling in Reverse. Ronnie Radke is a hilarious man. Okay. He is so charismatic. I say this in almost an ironic sense. The man could lead a cult if he wanted to. That's how charismatic he is. You have made mention of this before. So whenever they come to Atlanta, I gotta go. Okay. I gotta go. They were touring with some other bands at the time. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what their names were. However, this is how my husband and I knew that we were getting old is we chose to sit up in the balcony of the tabernacle rather than be on the floor and in the crowd and in the pit with everybody. Okay. So we're sitting up in the balcony. And from where I was sitting, I could see kind of backstage Mm -hmm. while watching the band. Mm -hmm. Because we're front row in the balcony. And I see this large pumpkin man hiding in the wings. That's a little sketchy. I don't like that. Sure enough, pumpkin man comes out with a little clown girl. So Pumpkin Man's like seven foot two. Little Clown Girl's like maybe five feet. Just for clarification, he has, I'm guessing, a jack-o'-lantern on his head, like the headgear mask, something or another? Yeah. Okay, because I'm like Pumpkin Man. I'm trying to visualize this. Yeah, Pumpkin, he's like in a big black cloak, giant pumpkin head. Okay. Comes out with a little like five foot tall, evil clown looking girl. Kind of like the Joker's girlfriend, what was her name? Harley Quinn? Yeah, that one. No, no. no. Think more, um, have you ever seen American Horror Story? Not that I recall. Okay. Uh, well, our listeners will maybe have seen it. It's like Twisty the Clown. Okay. Okay. So they come out on stage and they're playing around. All of a sudden, little clown girl picks up this water gun and begins to shoot something into the crowd. And I'm like, man, I'm really glad that we're up in the balcony because I don't want to get wet because I don't know what that is. Then they bring out a noose. No. Yes. We're like watching this happen. And I'm like, what is going on? And as part of the song, Pumpkin Man comes down, puts the noose around somebody at the gate and pulls it. No. The crowd goes nuts. And I'm like, what is going on? In a good way or a bad way? Like they're cheering. 
Okay. Pumpkin Man walks away, and the girl that had the noose is clawing at the noose. Security runs over, pulls the noose off of her neck. The band never stops playing. And Lucas and I are watching, like, what is going on? Lucas is getting ready to jump off the balcony and, like, go help this girl. Okay. So the security guard goes to take the noose, and she's like, no, 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 no. I want it. I want to keep it. Apparently, it's like a, a thing of honor to be chosen to have the noose at this concert. I don't know. So this is like a reoccurring thing they do at their concerts. Apparently. Negative, right? Like, let's not put nooses on our concert goers. Pretty much. Okay. Next band comes out on stage. And their backdrop is a pirate ship. Arr. Right. Okay. <laughs> and they're talking about their new album that's about to drop. And it's something related to a pirate ship. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Sitting in the balcony, we see another cloaked figure hiding behind their backdrop. And I'm like, oh, is Pumpkin Man coming out again? Because like, if he's coming out, I'm leaving. Like, All of a sudden, this cloaked figure starts climbing up the top of the backdrop and comes out on like the crow's nest at the top of the pirate ship mm -hmm. that is their backdrop, mm -hmm. throws off his cloak, and it's a parrot. A parrot? A parrot. So it is a man, I'm assuming a man, dressed in a full parrot costume. Polly want a cracker kind of parrot. Yes. Big, bright red macaw. <laughs> and I'm dying. Because it just, there's just this random parrot. And this is like a punk rock concert, right? Mm -hmm. So they're playing their punk rock music. And the parrot's just like getting into it. He's doing the disco. He's wiggling his arms. So he's, he's like a mascot or something? I'm guessing. All of a sudden, somebody brings parrot a pizza floaty. Like a pool float. In the shape of a pizza slice. Okay, thanks for giving me a little more context. He jumps off the crow's nest with the pizza and is crowd surfing on the pizza slice in the middle of the crowd. And Lucas and I are dying. Nobody else seems to think it, that it's funny. They're just like, oh, yeah, there's a parrot in the crowd. Woohoo! It was the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life. I, ha I couldn't tell you what the name of the band was. But every year when the video of the Parrot Man dancing pops up on my phone, it's hilarious. The name of the band was Polly Wants the Pizza, sir. I don't remember <laughs> what the name of it. I should know what the name of the band was, but it was so funny to me. See, that's right back to the beginning. Partly cloudy, mostly sunny. People are going to view things differently. The exact same thing when they brought out the news. A lot of people were cheering. They thought it was the best thing that they had seen from what you described. Mm -hmm. You and Lucas were like, this is not cool at all. Same thing being seen, your perspective and their perspective was totally different. That was y'all's version of partly cloudy and mostly sunny for the concert. But, you know, I think about something a little more common to everyone. Not everyone goes to concerts. Not everyone stands in thunderstorms at Six Flags. So I have a little bit of, I guess, a personal issue because they're my feelings. I have to own them with people that will categorize a group of people based off of perhaps one experience or perhaps an experience that they only heard about and didn't live themselves like policemen. Some people have expressed a negative outlook towards policemen. 
because perhaps they had a bad encounter. Perhaps they were arrested for something. Mm -hmm. Perhaps someone they know told them of how a bad cop did them wrong or something like that. Um, anyone is capable as a human being of doing good or doing bad, mm -hmm. whether they wear a uniform or whether they don't. But to categorize an entire group of people, in this example, policemen, based off of maybe one experience you had yourself, or maybe you've not even had an experience, you just heard about someone else's experience. I don't think that's fair. Now, that's just my perspective. Me personally, I have never had a bad encounter with a policeman. I've been pulled over for things that I've done wrong. I was speeding or I ran a red light. Mm -hmm. I was at fault. The result of which was I had to have an encounter with a policeman. I can't fault him for doing his job. And I'm just saying from my own experiences, not discounting anyone else's experiences. Mm -hmm. I personally have never had a bad encounter with a policeman. We were pulled over on the way to church one morning, going up 400 when we were going to church in Dahlonega. Policeman pulled us over. I had no idea what I had done wrong. Ends up, I had done absolutely nothing wrong. My truck matched the description of another truck that had just done something wrong. I can't remember exactly what it was. So it was a be on the lookout for a black Dodge truck. He saw me. He pulled me over. Quickly, he determined we're not the ones. He even let me pray for him because he was about to go back out and look for the bad guy with air quotes. And basically, it was just a quick prayer of God protect him as he's doing his job that he doesn't come to any harm when he's trying to locate the person that he's looking for that had done wrong. Mm -hmm. Any one person, in my opinion, can be categorized or grouped, whether it be by occupation, things that they like to do. You yourself could be categorized as a bookworm. You like to read books. Mm -hmm. You could be categorized as a mother. You could be categorized as a wife. You could be categorized as a massage therapist. All of these things can be true about you. But let's say someone had a bad experience with a different massage therapist. Mm -hmm. There are horror stories out there, and perhaps one of these horrible things happened to them. For them to look at you and lump you in because you have the same occupation with the person who did the bad thing is extremely unfair to you. Mm -hmm. But some people will view you as a massage therapist as being bad just because you do what these other people did as far as an occupation goes, mm -hmm. not as far as their actions go. And then some people can look at you and say, you, although you have the same job as them, you are not them. And so you can be viewed differently. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense at all? It does. People are so easy to always say all and always. Definites. Yes. It's easy to just go, oh, yeah, all bluebirds will steal your pocketbooks. 
there's a couple of bad ones, but for every bad bluebird, there's 50 good ones. It's the same thing we were talking about a couple weeks ago. As a society, as a world, we love to dwell on the negative. So while there's a couple of, like they said, there's a couple of bad apples in every bunch, that's what people focus on because that's what's salacious. That's what's going to get the views and the listens and the clicks and the the attention. Understood. But if you go and you're like, oh, 50 people did good things today, but one of them drove their car through a crowd, you're going to focus on the one that drove the car through a crowd. You are correct. And it's sad that it has to be that way. But does it have to be that way? Give you an example. One of the encounters I had with a policeman was not as negative as it could have been. I'm driving home from college. I am on a road between Griffin, Georgia and Noonan, Georgia. Okay. Don't know what the road looks like at this time. At that particular time, back in the late 80s, it was a long stretch of two-lane road, very few passing lanes, and even fewer speed limit signs. Okay. I'm cruising along. I'm doing 55. Look in the rearview mirror. There's a policeman behind me. I start looking for the speed limit sign. I don't know what the speed limit is. I don't feel like I'm speeding or or being dangerous or anything like that, breaking the law, but I don't know because I don't see the sign. So I start backing off the gas. I back it down to about 50. He's getting closer. Now I'm getting a little nervous. I'm thinking, okay, my tag is current. I've got current insurance. My tent's not too dark. I'm thinking, why is he riding my butt? What have I done wrong? I slow down even more. I get down to 45. Still looking for a speed limit sign. Not one to be found anywhere. We go about another mile or so. He's even closer. And I'm like, goodness, what is going on? He's not blue lighting me or anything like to tell me to pull over so that he can get by or anything like that. He's just getting closer and closer and closer behind me. Finally, I get down to like 35 miles an hour. He hits his blue lights. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because this is like several miles down the road. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm only getting safer as we go. He pulls me over. I wasn't paying that much attention to it, but I noticed there were a lot of cars passing us as he had me pulled over. He comes up to the window and he asked to see my driver's license and insurance. I already had it ready to give to him. He looks at it and he says, Mr. Cochran, I see that your address here is for Carrollton, which was where I got my driver's license before going to college. It was where I was living. He said, perhaps you're not familiar with this road in this area. I said, no, sir, I'm not. He said, are you aware of the speed limit, sir? I said, no, I'm not. In fact, the whole time you were behind me, I'm looking for a speed limit sign, trying to make sure that I'm not speeding. He said, the speed limit on this road is 55. We allow up to 60. You've got traffic backed up for a five miles behind us. Do you think you could drive a little faster? I said, sir, are you telling me it's okay to drive over 55? He said, Mr. Cochran, I'm telling you, you will drive over 55. I said, yes, sir. Down the road we went. And I thought, what a cool guy. He didn't really rake me over the coals. He didn't act like a jack wagon. I was backing up traffic on a long road that had no passing lanes. So I 
could have inadvertently caused an accident by people getting too close to each other, rear endings one another, something like that. But to me, that was a positive interaction Mm -hmm. with a policeman. And I'm not just trying to say policemen in general. That just seems to be a group of people that could have polar opposite viewpoints depending upon who you ask. Right. So partly cloudy, partly sunny. I say whatever the policeman wants to be is totally fine with me. Or policewoman for that matter. Don't want to leave the nice ladies in blue out of the conversation at all. Speaking of police officers, do you know why they associate cops with donuts? No. It's because donut shops used to be the only ones that were open late. Okay. They would stay open late because they would be prepping the donuts for the next morning. Okay. So cops would go and hang out at the places that were open late while they're doing the night shift. Makes sense. So that's why cops are associated with donuts, because donut shops were open late. Cops went in to get a cup of coffee because they got to stay up all night. I do remember when we were doing Krispy Kreme donut sales in youth ministry to raise money for youth camp, being at the intersection at the end of Georgia 400, a state patrol officer pulled up at the red light. I'm standing there holding a box of a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts that we had just picked up that morning, and I was going to give him a free box. I gestured, I leaned forward, I held out the box, and and I said, do you want them? Apparently, he could read my lips through the windshield. He holds up his clipboard that had a sticker on the back of it that said, bad cop, no donuts. (laughs) Okay. He did not want the donuts. So to keep me from being a bad dad, standing in the way of you going to find out whatever it is your mother is currently baking as a sweet treat fun to eat. Maybe we'll wrap this episode up. Well, I'm just going to maybe alert a few cops on my way out as I speed down the hallway to go get some dessert. (laughs) There's no speed limit signs between here and there, I promise. Um, The speed limit is the speed bump that might be your puppy if she gets underneath my feet as I'm running down the hallway. You may have to do the siren, though. Wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. <laughs> wee-oo, wee-oo, wee See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for another Dinner Table Discussion. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your family and friends, post about it on social media, and think about leaving us a five-star rating or a review. We'd love to get your feedback on today's episode and maybe some suggestions on future topics. Feel free to email us at dtdpodcasts at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Both are at Dinner Table Discussions Podcast. We'll see you next week with a cold glass of iced tea for another Dinner Table Discussion.